Hey, and welcome to the CCWC podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to be part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. When I was about eight, there was a place in town called Dill's. Now, Dill's was a men's clothing store. I have no reason as an eight-year-old to want to go to Dill's because they had clothes that I didn't want to wear, like good Sunday clothes. And, um, but I discovered something about Dill's probably riding by on my bike. It was a small town, a little bit bigger than Albany. And I, I was like, oh, what is that? And they had this big pickle barrel. And I just... Confession, I like pickles. If, if you don't like pickles, I'll pray for you. I dill pickles. And, and I was like, whoa, what? Stop my, stop my bike. And it was a cool bike with a banana seat and the, the handlebars because I'm that old. And I stopped my bike and I got out and I looked and there's this big pickle barrel. I was like, cool pickles. And they're like, they're 25 cents and they were big pickles. And I was like, and, and so the, the person came out and was like, they're 25 cents. And I'm like, okay. So I had to go get some money. And I come back with my 25 cents for a big pickle. And now something weird happened. I went in and I told the person, the, per, the salesperson, can I get a pickle? They said, 25 cents. I gave him my quarter. And they said, okay. And they, and they went in there and they jabbed the pickle with a stick. So now it's a pickle on a stick, which if you're eight or nine years old, makes it even better. Just want to let you know, pickle on a stick is better than a regular pickle. And then they did something amazing. They opened this little thing and they stuck it in chocolate. Now, some of you are already going, this sounds disgusting. Hang in there with me. And it was, it was like ice cream cone chocolate that would, like the pickles were kind of cool. And it like hardened on the pickle. And I at first was like, they just wrecked my pickle. Because <laughs> I like pickles and they wrecked my pickle. And then the person said, just try it. The store's name was Dill's, by the way. I think that's why they did the pickle thing. And, um, and I was like, all right. And I bit into it. I know you think this crazy. I understand that. But a chocolate-covered pickle is amazing. In a good way. Now, some of you are already like, this is, well, I don't know where he's going with this. But it's the sour dill pickle, you know, that taste with the sweet chocolate. I, I'm, people doubt me. I, I had this conversation with some students during COVID and we were on Zoom. We never stopped meeting. Youth ministry kind of went online just like church did. And somebody's like, no, no, that's... And I was like, try it. And then I saw them with their Hershey's chocolate going like this on a pickle. And they were like, this is actually good. And you say, why are you telling us that story? And I tell you that because when Pastor Steve said, hey, 
Here's this, the, the title, because we're in a series called This We Believe, and really we're, we're looking at the, some foundational things that the Wesleyan Church, we as a church and a denomination believe, and they're in our kind of articles of religion, and, and the title, I was like, really, does that go together? And it was Repentance and Faith. And there's part of me that's like, yeah, I'm all for repentance and faith, I get them, but I was like, how are we putting these together? Because repentance is repentance and faith is faith and, and they're kind of separate things. And maybe you looked at the sermon title and went, repentance and faith, how do those go? That's like pickles and chocolate. <laughs> or for some of you, if, if I used a different illustration like chocolate and peanut butter, some of you are like, oh, that's good. I don't really like that as much as pickles and chocolate. I know that's weird. But how does repentance and faith go together? And, and so I read what, what the Wesleyan Church believes, and, and it's in the, the articles. And I want to read that to you, and just to kind of give us a jumping off place. It says this, We believe that for men and women to, appro- to appropriate what God's provenient grace has made possible, they must voluntarily respond in repentance and faith. The ability comes from God, but the act is the individual's. Repentance is prompted by the convicting ministry of the Holy Spirit, it involves a willful change of mind that renounces sin and longs for righteousness, a godly sorrow for and a confession of past sins, proper restitution for wrongdoing, and a resolution to reform the life. Repentance is the precondition for saving faith, and without it, saving faith is impossible. Faith, in turn, is the only condition of salvation. It begins in the agreement of mind and the consent of the will to the truth of the gospel but issues in a complete reliance by the whole person in the saving ability of Jesus Christ and a complete trusting of oneself to him as Savior and Lord. Saving faith is expressed in a public acknowledgement of his lordship and identification with his church. And and I I read that and I was like, okay, now I'm beginning to see maybe how those two things go together. I'm I'm beginning to get it. It's not that I didn't believe in either one of them, but it was pickles and chocolate. How do I put those two things together? And, and as I began to look at it and study it and look at some of the scripture references and, that were listed there, and I was like, hmm. And, and I got to this passage of scripture, and it's found in Mark chapter 1. And what's interesting to me is this. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus put them together. So if Jesus put them together, I'm pretty comfortable putting them together. And it says this, in Mark chapter 1, verse 14, says this, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe the good news. As a matter of fact, in case you're wondering, this is Jesus' first message. It's his first recorded kind of proclamation to people. So if it's his first message, I'm going to kind of pay attention. His first time to, to share. Now, in case you're wondering what's going on, John the Baptist has been out preaching and teaching, repentance and, and baptizing people, and all those things have been happening. John is now in prison. And Jesus is kind of moving forward and really stepping forward into his ministry publicly. 
And this is kind of the first sentence kind of message that we get from Jesus, which is repent and believe. And Dave translated that as repent and have faith. Now, if we're going to totally understand how the two fit together, we need to understand each thing. So, so we need to understand when, when we say repent, what does that mean? When we say faith, what does that mean? Because let's be honest, most of the time you hear those two terms, it's very, they're very churchy. And depending on your background, you're going to have all kinds of baggage that comes with those. So I want to be clear kind of what we mean and what, we're, what are we talking about? So, so let's start, take the first one first, the repentance. Now repentance is a word maybe you've heard and you know what it is and so you're good and this is all review to you and that's amazing. But let me just make sure we all know. Have you ever been someplace in a, in a class? This is actually a better illustration. Men. Have you ever realized suddenly your wife is talking to you? And she's in the middle of something. And you catch that last little bit. And then she asks you a question. And you have two options here. Maybe three. Run would be one option. You could also, you could also go, well, and make up an answer and hope that you guessed right and pay the consequences if you did not. Or you could admit that you weren't listening and pay the consequences. <laughs> and, and the reason I want to take stop and say, let, what is repentance? Is because a lot of times we catch it halfway. And so we hear the word repentance and we're, we, we just zoom by it. Yeah, yeah, Jesus said repent. Or we think of some guy on a street corner going, repent! So, so I, I want to take you through really what, what is repentance? So first of all, the, the word there in Greek and the word that Jesus would have used um, means this. It means to change your mind. So repentance is a change of mind. So, so it's, it's looking at things differently. It's looking at things the way God looks at them. So to start with, repentance is changing our mindset and looking at things, including us, the way God looks at them. So when we begin to repent, what happens is this. I begin to see sin the way God sees sin. You do realize it was such a big deal to God that he cannot be in sin's presence. It was such a huge deal to God that he banished Adam and Eve from the garden. It was that big of a deal. It separated us, created a chasm that we can't cross. So here's the thing. Repentance is looking at sin and going, sin is a huge deal. And sin is what God says sin is, not what I say sin is. Because let's be honest, 
We all like to look at other people's sin and go, yeah, that's sin. And then when we look in the mirror, we go, that's a mistake. (laughs) That's just a little thing I'm working on. See, repentance means I look at sin and see sin the way God sees it. He, he looks at it and it breaks his heart. And, and, and we begin to change our mind and begin to say, oh my goodness. I now look at sin the way God sees sin. That changes how I look at me and my life and what I do and how I behave. It totally changes everything. So when I begin to understand that repentance is not just I'm really sorry. It is a change of thought process. I begin to look at sin as something that's horrible and deplorable. And I don't want to be around. I begin to say, oh my goodness, the consequences of sin is not a bad day, but a bad eternity. That's what repentance is. It's a change of mind. We agree with what God says about sin. This is not a very popular topic in our world, let's be honest. Because we don't like it when people call us out on things. Our culture does not like it when we call them, they get called out on things. But sin is sin. And repentance means I am going to Look at it the way God looks at it. That's what it means. My pocket's making a noise. Oh, it's me. If you're online, you're hearing me twice. So let me fix my phone. Pastor Steve, if you're watching, I'm really sorry and I apologize. And um, please don't fire me. That might be where all the feedback's coming from, too. If you're online, you're here. <laughs> Did you guys hear that? All right. So, <laughs> I didn't know if anybody else could hear that, but I'm like, what am I here? I kept, I kept hearing things. I was getting ready to say, okay, Lord. <laughs> but repentance, <laughs> repentance is agreeing with God. And here's the thing. When Jesus said, repent and believe, he was not just talking to Greek people, he was talking to Jewish people. Most of the people in that audience would have been Jewish. And when they heard the Greek word repent, they would think the Hebrew word for repent. And here's the thing. Not only is it a change of mind, the Hebrew word means basically change direction. So in Hebrew, the word repent, that we translate repent means I'm going this way and I repent. Now I'm going this way. It's a... 180, it's a change, it's a change of direction, it's a change of heart, it's a change of behavior. So repentance is a change of mind, but it's also a change of direction. Instead of living my life for me, when I begin to repent, I'm no longer going to live my life for me, I'm going to live my life for God. It's repentance, it's a 180. So now that we've maybe you got a little bit of a handle on what repentance is. Let's look at the faith. 
And in case you wonder, Bible, the Bible does actually give us a definition of faith. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is a confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. So what is faith? What, what do we mean when we say this word faith? And it can mean all kinds of things. But in this context, let's, let's just take a moment and figure out what faith is. The first thing is this. Faith is an intellectual assent. In other words, if I have faith in something, I believe, I mentally believe, I think about it, I believe that that's true. So I believe that this table, and I lean on it, it's going to hold me. I believe that. I, I believe it. Yep. Or if I look at that chair, I believe that chair is going to hold me. It's a mental thing. Interesting enough, where does it both start? Repentance and faith start in how we look at things. What do we believe? How do we think? But it's an intellectual ascent. It's, it's a, I believe this. I, I think this is true. And really, it's even a step beyond that. I know this is true. So when it talks about have faith, believe faith, it's an intellectual thing. I look at the gospel, the fact that I am a sinner, I've already got the repentance thing, I get that, I am a sinner, I now have faith, I believe that God wants to forgive me, wants to have a relationship so much that he sent his son to die on the cross so that I can have that. I believe that within me, I, that's true. We point to that and we say, Everything else may be crazy, but I know that's true. That's what faith is. It's that intellectual ascent. Yes. Doesn't mean I've got every answer to every question about who God is and everything in the Bible. That's not. But when we have saving faith, faith that changes our life, when we have that saving faith, we have a, a mental ascent. We intellectually go, that is true. But that's not all faith is. Because if that's, that would make it just academic. There's lots of things that I can say yes are true, but that doesn't mean I really have faith in them. I can say, yep, you betcha, that will hold me. But it's not faith. As a youth pastor, one of the things that we get to do, get to do, yeah, we'll go with get to do, is I've been on a number of ropes course over the years. And um, I was on a ropes course, 60 foot high, and it ended with a rappelling wall. If you've ever been on a rappelling wall, it's really fun. <laughs> if you like that sort of thing. And at the top of the rappelling wall, they harness you in, and they give you the rope, and, and they do the belay and belay on, so there's somebody at the bottom that's ho hopefully going to hold the rope so you don't, like, hit the ground. And you hope they're bigger than you are, even though they say it doesn't matter. It feels like it should. <laughs> and I remember one time, I'm looking down, and it was, it was a lovely young girl. And I'm not a little person. And I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to go down, and she's going to go up. <laughs> And I shared that concern and the, with, with the person at the top. And they're like, no, 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 it's fine. They've got you. 
No, 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 it's fine. They got you. And I looked at them. And I was like, we're going to sue you. <laughs> this doesn't work out. And then as you go down, if you've ever repelled, you have to trust the rope. Because you can't do it this way. You actually have to lean back into it. And as you lean back into it, the rope supports you and you're able to rappel down. You see, faith is not just me standing at the top, looking down going, I believe that rope will hold me. And that little girl down there on belay, she's good. She's the safety person. I just realized at belay, you might not know what belay means. It's the French, I think, word for safety thingy person. I don't either, obviously. It's one thing for me to stand at the top and say, I trust, I believe. It's a totally different thing for me to step off the ledge and lean back on that rope. You see, faith is an intellectual ascent. It's also trust. It's also this trust thing that, okay, I realize who I am. See, if we get repentance, we get that. And then we look at God and say, I trust you enough to believe that you actually did this. That you loved me enough. That you paid the price. That you actually gave yourself for me and you want me to come to you and you are going to give me this relationship, this forgiveness, this grace. And I trust that. And I'm going to base my life around that. And, and now I'm going to look at things, continue to look at things how God sees them. But now I understand how God sees things through Jesus. So you have repentance, you have faith, and they're intertwined. They're intertwined. One without the other is not the same. Repentance without faith leads to despair. Let me explain what I mean. If you repent and you say, I see myself as a sinner, I see myself how God sees me and sees my sin how God sees my sin, I begin to do that, it's going to mess you up. It's going to cause a huge amount of concern. It's going to make you struggle. You're going to go, oh my goodness, what do I do? If you begin to see your sin the way God sees your sin, you are going to lose hope. Sometimes what people do is they begin to say, oh, that's not sin. They try to erase it. Or they minimize it, oh, it's not that big a deal. But true repentance looks at sin the way God sees sin. So they either try to ignore it, or they try to fix it on their own. And they get real legalistic. And they begin to say things like, oh, I'm okay because I don't do any of that stuff anymore. The problem is, is it hasn't been taken care of. I just don't do it no more. It's like drinking out of a dirty glass, dumping the water out, but the glass is dirty, so you pour the water, new water and go, no, it's fine, it's new water. The glass is dirty. And if you begin to live that way, eventually you begin to despair because you feel like I'm never good enough. 
God's never going to love me. I know lots of people who got the repentance part and are no longer in church because they just gave up. It's too hard to be a Christian. It's too hard to live that life. It's so tough. All the rules and regulations. Some of you are nodding because you know people like that. Oh, it's too hard to be a Christian. You don't understand. And I just feel guilty all the time. Maybe that's you. You got the repentance part. And repentance without that faith is going to be despair. Here's the good news. He sees us as sinful beings, but he rescued us. He sent Jesus to die on a cross to forgive our sins, to wipe that away so that we no longer have to deal with that, so that we can have a relationship and be who God designed us to be, free of sin, free of guilt, free of condemnation. We have that. You see, repentance with faith gives you that. Repentance without that faith just leads to despair. The other thing I see is this. Faith without repentance lacks transformation. Because it's standing at the top going, yes, I believe, and never trusting. I know people who would look at you and say, I believe in Jesus. I believe all of those things. But somehow have never gotten to the place where they understand they are a sinner. Instead, they play the curve game. I'm not as bad as, and they'll have a whole bunch of names for you. Repentance says, woe is me. I'm a sinner. I'm bound for hell. And by the way, I don't care how wonderful a person you are, you fall into that category. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I was baby Jesus when I was a baby in the play. I've been in church my whole life. I wasn't allowed to drink alcohol. Wasn't around to hang out with bad girls. Wasn't allowed to smoke. Wasn't allowed to do all that bad stuff. I didn't do that bad stuff. You know what? I was still a sinner bound for hell. I still needed to repent because when God looked at my life, he saw the sin in my life. And until I looked at my life and saw the sin in my life and repented and went to him and said, God, I am messed up. I'm sinful. I need your help and have that faith and say, God, fix it. There wasn't any transformation in my life, even though my whole life I'd grown up in church. I knew all the answers. I knew all the stuff. But without repentance, there's not transformation. Here's an uncomfortable, uncomfortable thing. If you've never seen transformation in your life, that God has transformed who you are, I would ask you, did you really believe who you were? That God, that you were a sinner, that you needed his help, that you needed his grace? 
Repentance with, without faith leads us to despair. Faith without repentance lacks transformation. So you put them together and life changes eternally, significantly. This morning, we're going to take communion together. I can't think of a better way to celebrate if you are a Christian, if you've experienced this, if you know who he is and you've experienced it. What, what an amazing way to celebrate the repentance and realizing who we were and, and, the, and having faith that God is who he says he is and he did what he said he would do and he's changed us the way he said he would change us. What better way to celebrate that and to remember what he did that we have the faith in? Not what you do, by the way. You don't save yourself. It's not like, okay, if I have enough faith and enough repentance, no. Part of understanding repentance is, God, I, I can't do this. I can't fix me. But I'm going to have to trust you and have faith that you've already fixed it in the work of Jesus Christ. So if you're a Christian this morning, as we take communion, we set, that's what we celebrate. We celebrate that he fixed it. We celebrate that in that repentance, we found that faith in the work that he did. If you're not a Christian, maybe you just came in or maybe you're like, I'm not sure where I'm at right now. Today can be that day. You can say, I changed my mind. I agree with God as to where I'm at and where I've been. And I'm going to have faith that he says what he says is true. Because it is. But what he says is true. And I can have a real deep personal relationship with the God of the universe. And as we take communion, you can ask him into your heart and your life. You can ask for forgiveness. And he can change and transform you. Let's just pause and, and bless the elements. Father God, I, I thank you. I just ask that you would be with us in these next few moments, they're sacred moments. That as we share this together, as we share these elements together, that, that we would truly understand that repentance and faith work together. And many of us in this room have experienced that and we see that. And this was review for us. But Lord, I realize there may be some in this room that it's a new thought. And as they share communion, would you help them to internalize the fact that they are a sinner? But if they ask, you forgive and you give grace and have them put that faith in you. So God, would you be with them this morning as well. We ask that you'd bless the elements, that you would use them to draw us closer to you. In your name we pray, amen. As the ushers distribute the elements, we would ask that you would hold them until everyone has them. And if you do need gluten-free, just let the usher know and they'll come back up and, and get that gluten-free for you if you need gluten-free. As the ushers distribute the element, just please be in a 
please be in prayer and take this moment to reflect and think. Repentance and faith, are they working together in you? Thank you again for spending time with us today. Thank you especially to those of you who give to CCWC. It is through your faithfulness that makes this ministry possible. Also, if you have any questions about today's teaching or if you want to learn more about CCWC, feel free to contact our office, check the web, or follow us on our social media platforms. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do encourage you to take a moment to subscribe and share it with friends. Let this be a blessing to someone else that you love in your life. You're always welcome to join us on Sunday morning for worship, or until then, we'll catch you on the next one. God bless.